John chapter 12, verses 1 through 8. Then six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, or Bethany, Lazarus, who had been dead, whom he had raised from the dead. There they made him a supper. And Martha served, but the Lazarus was one of those who sat at the table with him. Then Mary took a pound of very costly oil of spikenard and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the oil. But one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, who would betray him, said, Why was this fragrant oil not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? This he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the money box. And he used to take what was put in it. But Jesus said, let her alone. She has kept this for the day of my burial. For the poor you have with you always. But me, you do not have always. Next slide, please. Surely I say to you, wherever this gospel is preached in the whole world, what this woman has done will also be told as a memorial to her. So I'd like to title the lesson today, Broken Gratitude. I always appreciate your prayers. Would you do that for me? And just ask God to anoint me and I will you. Let our experience be richer. Father, it's been a wonderful service this morning. I am so grateful to the worshipers today. God, I pray that you take us up to another level. God, I just pray that you would saturate our minds and our bodies and fill us with the Holy Ghost. I pray, oh God, that we be able to lay aside while we're here for the next little while all the burdens, all the fears, all the aggravations and irritations and distractions. We just lay them outside, God. And perhaps we won't have to pick them up again. I believe that. Let us learn from your word. In Jesus' name, amen. And you may be seated in the presence of the Lord. So, on a little bit of a, before I get into this word, I found uh, a little item about Thanksgiving that you might relate to and you may not. It's a list that several housewives compiled. Housewives. They wrote that they were especially thankful for, especially thankful for automatic dishwashers because they make it possible for us to get out of the kitchen before the family comes back in for their after-dinner snacks. And all the housewives say, 
They're thankful, especially for husbands who attack small repair jobs around the house because the husbands usually make the jobs big enough to call in the professionals. Don't say amen, Valerie. And all the ladies, okay. How about this? They're thankful, these housewives, for children who put away their things and clean up after themselves. They're such a joy, you hate to see them go home to their own parents. <laughs> They're thankful, especially for teenagers, because they give parents an opportunity to learn a second language. You know that language. It's not tongues. Uh, they're thankful, housewives, for smoke alarms because they let you know when the turkey's done. I hope you can know that before the alarm goes off. This narrative in the book of John appears in the book of Matthew and Mark. There's also another narrative of the same content by a woman whose name was Mary Magdalene, out of whom Jesus cast out seven demons. So we're not hurting for content when we talk about broken gratitude. Simon the leper had given a feast for Jesus and Lazarus. Mary and her sister was at that feast because they were servants. They were those who attended to others who came to the meal. Upon Mary's observation, she discovered that Lazarus, her brother, who had recently been risen from the dead, was probably getting more attention than Jesus, the resurrector. Most likely it disturbed Mary's emotion. And she just had to do something to change that. So out of the genuine thankfulness of her heart for what Jesus had done for their family and especially her brother, she rushed to their home, that of Lazarus, Mary and Martha. There, there was not a room, a lot of room in that house or those houses back then. Might have been a two-room house. She goes to this place in that house that is sort of secretive, a place on the wall or a place where the roof and the wall meets or a place under the mat on which she'd sleep. And there she takes out an alabaster box. 
It's not very large. It doesn't have to be. But it is very costly. And it is very uh, private. And it has a purpose prior to her meeting Jesus. And the Bible says that she makes her way back to the house of Simon the leper. She goes where women are not welcomed. Women were not welcome in that culture and time except to serve the men. And after serving the men, they would remove themselves from the area of dining and go to the kitchen or someplace else, and then they'd eat. I've been telling Valerie that for years, but anyhow. Now I'll eat by myself, but anyhow. I'm giving you the kind of uh, synopsis. I don't know if that's the right word, but it sounds good to me. She enters in. She comes to where Jesus is seating, and they sat in a sort of a reclining position, not like this, but on the side and one of their arms. Before anybody could say, hey, you, you shouldn't be in here, and who are you, what your name is, she broke. Now she had to have something like a hammer or something like a rock because the alabaster was very firm and strong like also a rock. Before they can interrupt her, she, she breaks it, and I'll just do it this way, it's not broken, but she pours the whole content of it on his head. Before anybody can say, what you doing, lady? It runs off his head onto his face. It runs down his beard and onto his chest. Runs down his chest through his body, and of course he's his garments are such like it was back then. They're thick and they're plentiful and runs down his leg all the way, all the way to his feet. Now, it's one thing to tell somebody thank you by pouring some perfume on them. But it's something else to take something else personal from you, like in her case, her hair, and wipe the feet of her Lord. That's broken gratitude. I have come to discover several things about broken gratitude that I trust will help you. I know it's helped me. And they'll put the main points on the screen for me, but true gratitude is costly. Spikenard was the fragrance in the alabaster box. And so, it is made from dried leaves of a rare Himalayan plant. And this particular vase that Mary used, if like other vases of her days and time, it uh, was made to hold expensive contents and itself was a thing of beauty. Commonly, 
such vase were capable of holding up to 12 ounces of fragrant. It's costly perfume. In uh, pursuing what that perfume would be on that day and time, it, in our time, might have been $110 an ounce. So I kind of Googled. You know it's a very spiritual site, Google. And I asked the question, what is the 10 most expensive perfumes in the world per ounce? Because I just told you that true gratitude is costly. The monetary value was great. Uh, I can't pronounce these words, much less afford the perfume. Somebody else feels the same way. I, I, this is some kind of French perfume. It's number 10 on the list of the most expensive perfume per ounce, $441.18. That's number 10. Number nine on the list of the most expensive perfume in the world would be one called capital A, capital J-A-R, Bolt of Lightning. Bolt of Lightning. If I paid this for it, I sure enough felt like I'd been hit by lightning. $765 an ounce. Number eight on the list of the 10 most expensive perfume in the world per ounce is $850. Number seven on the top 10 is $1,000 an ounce. Number six is $1,500 an ounce. Number five is $2,150 an ounce. Number four is $4,200 an ounce. Number three is $6,800 an ounce. Number two is $12,721.89 an ounce. Number one most expensive perfume in the world. It's called Golden Delicious Million Dollar Fragrance Bottle. What do you think it costs? Y'all are really bright. I, I, thought I thought I could pull one over you. You know, I saw, I saw some of the pictures of these fragrance as they had them there, you know, and I would, I would venture, like the million dollar one, I would venture that the bottle probably cost maybe $300,000. This, this perfume, this, this fragrance was also costly in a personal way. And, and perhaps you'd put that up for me again. It, it was a fragrance and it was costly but it was costly to Mary because perhaps she was saving it for a dowry at her wedding. And perhaps in saving that, it, it would afford her and her husband to have a good start on and in their marriage. It was a personal cost because if she didn't get married, it would be a guarantee of paying for her burial. And she takes this thing of great value without asking anybody's permission. 
I don't know whether she was saving it from a teenager and maybe she's now in her mid-30s. I don't know if somebody passed it down to her from her family. One thing I know, that didn't matter. What mattered was Jesus is in the house and he's worthy of my praise. Hey, Chris, give me just a little bit more up here. That's, that's good. Yeah. Broken gratitude. I, l- let me point something else to you uh, about the second major thought about broken gratitude is that true gratitude evokes criticism. I just said to you, and I don't want to be redundant, but it makes the point for me that in the Jewish culture of that day, a Jewish woman never reclined at a table, table full of men. She also never let her hair down in public. She, she had to eat in private, as I alluded to. And I would say this as a, as a thought for our contemplation, the act was censored by men. Uh, you know another form of our gratitude all year long is our worship. Worship is gratitude. True worship is gratitude. And so there are all kinds of ways that we can worship God. You don't have to worship like I do, and I don't have to worship like you do, but we all should worship God because of all that he's done. And so if you're taking notes, I, I might say this to you, not dwell on them, but there's several methods of praise that the Scripture speaks about. You might uh, uh, write them down for further reference, but the Bible talks about lifting up our hands in the sanctuary. The reference is Psalm 63 and 4. Lifting up, we, I don't know what you think, but when I'm lifting up my hands, it ain't because I'm crazy. And it ain't because I'm trying to impress you. When I'm lifting up my hands, I'm lifting up my hands to surrender to God and to give him all the glory. The Bible says, lift up your hands in the sanctuary. Well, I just ain't like them kind of folks down there at South Metro Ministry hollering, lifting up their hands and twirling, shouting a little bit and getting out of the aisle. Hey, we don't care rip what you think because we know who saved us. We know where we were when the Lord saved us. And since God saved us and not you, we'll praise him. Uh, I'm not asking you folks to get wild. Some of you are really good at praising God. Some of you are still dead. I'm not here to insult you, but but I ain't here to, I'm here to teach you. When you come to church and all you can do is this uh, so you can look and find out what Golden Corral is serving, you ain't worshiping God. Hey, folks, every once in a while, I'll get to lay down our stuff. Because no sooner you start worshiping God, which is an act of gratitude, the Bible says God inhabits the praise of his people. Yeah. 
Oh, well. Uh, here's, write this down. Another method of praise is clap our hands. Psalm 47 and 1. Clap your hands, all ye people. Shout unto God with a voice of fire. <laughs> clap your hands, yeah. All of this is scripture. Man, I, I want to tell you, if you want to get the focus off of yourself, do, do some of the praise stuff that the Bible says. Really, it takes it off of you. Let me, let me show you. Here's a third way to praise the Lord. The Bible says, stand before the Lord. Yeah. Psalm 135 and 2. And standing before the Lord means that if somebody of great importance in the natural flesh were to walk into this house or someplace we're going, folks would stand up and take off their hats and, and give honor to that person. Yeah. Well, there is nobody better that walks into our life and into our world and to our room than the Lord Jesus Christ so it won't hurt us to stand and worship God and praise him to the glory of the Lord. Amen. Yes, yes. Here's, here's another way to praise the Lord. Uh, the Bible says dance or leap before the Lord. Psalm 135 and 2. Dance or leap before the Lord. That's crazy, isn't it? I looked at several portions of football game yesterday. I saw a lot of crazy people. A lot of crazy people. A lot of crazy people. And so my, my thought to you is not to make a fool of yourself. I'm not grading the effectiveness of this service this morning and how many people clapped their hands and how many danced and how many shouted because you shouldn't be doing that to me anyhow. But if I say something that hits home, if I say something that's the word of God, oh, hallelujah. So when my girls were growing up, I've never been to a dance lesson. But when something gets in me, in my shoes beside my feet, my girls growing up, man, I'd twirl them and dip them. And yeah, I had a lot of fun with that. Now I got my grandkids. Look out. Don't ever be ashamed to express your gratitude to God. Here's another thought, please. Uh, it says in Psalm 149 and 1, sing unto the Lord. Another place it says, sing a new song unto the Lord. You ever make up your songs? <laughs> and you ever said, I hope this never gets recorded and published? All the time. And once in a while, I just want to make up my song. Now, the Bible says, well, my point, put it back up there. This, this act of uh, worship of Mary, it, it evoked censorship by men. You know, if I worship different than you and you worship different than me, but it's genuine. And it's good, and it's, it's in the scripture. 
Now, some worship is not in the scripture, okay? Honestly, man, any worship that draws attention to yourself and not Jesus is not in the scripture, okay? Any worship that, that runs down the aisle and dance and whatever and you live like the devil Saturday night, that ain't of Jesus. <laughs> now, I've told this about two or three times before in this ministry, but I'm presuming that some folks have come in who hadn't heard it, and if not, I like to tell it, so I'll tell it anyhow. This uh, pastor in Buford, Georgia, John Smith, old-time Holy Ghost pastor, pretty sizable church. He was as plain as day. He wanted you to like him, but he, he wasn't pastoring because you didn't. So he made his rounds on Saturday to catch up on some folks who missed church. He goes to this sister's house who is very demonstrative at church. Very hallelujahs, praise the Lord, worship, gratitude. On occasion, she gets real showy. Oh, pastor, pastor, good. Uh, another uh, one of his uh, ministers on staff was with him and good to see you, pastor. Good to see you, pastor. And uh, Sat down, chat a little bitty. Notice a little can beside the couch. About this round, about this thick. I feel mean, but I'm gonna keep going. <laughs> you kind of put it right here, huh? Right here. He kind of came to her house, catching her off guard. You know? So she worked her way through it, hit a little can beside the couch. And he said, Sister, God bless you. We'll see you tomorrow. Yes, Pastor, I'll be there. She was there Sunday morning, and the music got to going in a big way, and folks got to praising the Lord and raising their hands and singing and clapping their hands. Right, right in the midst of that, she got off in the aisle doing her jig dancing and spinning around, going all around that place. And the Reverend Smith got in front of the microphone and stopped the service, <laughs> stopped the music. He said, now we want everybody to praise the Lord, have a good time and enjoy Jesus because he's good. But anybody been dipping snuff, they, they, they can't, they ain't got no business praising the Lord. They know who they are, sit down. Now look what's going on. Look, look what's going on. Uh, anybody traveling this week? Oh, several. Anybody got any days off this week? No, I'm not setting you up. I just, yeah. Yes, I am setting you up because I'm preaching longer. The, the act of worship has just been expressed because the box had been opened and poured on the head of Jesus. And the fragrance filled the room like no other fragrance had before. And people who were there, not only Jesus' clothes was fragrant because it was anointed, but the fragrance was so powerful and so rich, everybody in the room got a little bit of it. I want to tell you, some folks who won't praise the Lord, but whether you want to or not, you're going to get a little bit of it. 
So somebody says, uh, why was this fragrance so expensive sold and the money obtained from its sale be given to the poor? Now, it was Judas Iscariot who asked that question. And the Bible says that Judas Iscariot was a thief. You know what it says? He was a con man, a liar. He hoodwinked people. <laughs> Sound like your brother-in-law? The Bible says Judas did not care for the poor because he was the treasurer of the ministry of Jesus. And he carried a bag, which the actual bag part, the, the strap extended, was under his arm. And every once in a while, somebody help me preach here, when nobody was looking or they were looking, Judas would Stick his sticky finger in the bag. He was such a reprobate until he sold his savior for 30 pieces of silver. And in America today, a lot of people are selling Jesus for less than that. I wouldn't sell Jesus if I got to be a Republican. I wouldn't sell Jesus if I got to be a Democrat. I wouldn't sell Jesus if I got to be an independent or a libertarian. I wouldn't sell Jesus for an education from Harvard University. I wouldn't sell Jesus to have my name up in lights. There is an invaluable appreciation for who Jesus is. Clap your hands. I wouldn't sell Jesus. <laughs> I don't know about some of you, but I'm thankful that I'm not dead today. The devil wanted to write my epitaph on a, on a stone and put me six feet under, but I'm alive today because Jesus is alive. I wouldn't sell Jesus. I wouldn't sell Jesus. How can I put a price tag on Jesus? He is my protector. He is my baptizer. He is my healer. He is my alpha and omega. He is my soon coming king. He is my prince of peace, my mighty God, my everlasting father. He is my soon coming king. I wouldn't sell Jesus. <laughs> oh, I wouldn't sell Jesus. Oh. <laughs> you know what Mary wasn't going to do? She wasn't going to sell this. Uh, but she chose to give it. Well, Steve, I'm leaving my notes. You know how you are. Come on down anyhow. You know what some of the nonsense? No, I'm just kidding. I'll come back and get you. I got your number. I just want everybody to see it. Uh, I got your number. 
<laughs> okay. Uh, look at this. Judas was part of the ministry. It's one thing if you're outside the ministry criticizing folks. But man, David said, the King David said about his ministry, I was wounded in the house of my friend. I don't think there's any uh, deeper wound than people who ate at your house, slept in your bed, joined with your family along the way, and cast you out like you were trash. Wounded. Criticism. Oh, Lord. I, I don't know about yours today. You know, when you're wounded in the house of a friend, you don't want no more friends. With friends like that, who wants enemies? Big mouth lying Judas. Let me show you something else. Put it on the screen for me. Are you all good out there? Because if you almost say amen to what I'm preaching, I'm coming for Thanksgiving. Criticized the extravagance. The act was commended by Jesus. I, I need to hasten. Jesus said, don't bother her. Leave her alone. What right have you to condemn? You didn't raise her brother Lazarus from the dead. You, you didn't visit her house and came to be a blessing. And matter of fact, this Mary came and brought this alabaster box of perfume and poured it out because I'm going to go to the cross in six days. I want to be stripped and beaten and scarred and wounded and I'm going to be so wounded my face, my visage until you won't even recognize that I was Jesus. I'm going to have hypocrites and liars come to a trial that's not legal. And I'm, I'm going to have them lie. They're going to wound me by their lies. I don't know what you're going to do for me before I go to die, but I know what she's done. No, the fragrance of this perfume will be such that it'll be on my body and clothing. Now, that doesn't mean that Jesus won't clean himself with proper hygiene or shower or whatever, but he ain't got several choices of clothes. So if he puts his garment back on, you know what happens. And while he dies on the cross... There's a fragrance of gratitude that comes from a woman who says you've done more for me than I can ever thank you for. Here it is. Let, let, let me move on a little bit. Wow. 
True worship requires brokenness. Do you have that? This, as I alluded earlier, was the, the, the vase or the container was permanently sealed and it could only be released through breaking. Uh, You know, I kind of hesitate something like this. It's not because I haven't got a thought. It's because I'm convicted. I will tell you this. That I'm way ahead on my ministry of griping and complaining and fault-finding and blaming. and crit I'm way ahead in the ministry of criticism. And I'm way behind in the ministry of thanksgiving. Gratitude. Gratitude. So, the best worship I've ever had in my life, and perhaps you, is when I've allowed the hammer of the Holy Ghost to break my negative thoughts and my fault-finding thoughts and my accuse, accusatory thoughts. They, they used to sing a song, probably still now, broken and spilled out. I think every once in a while, a lot of times, we ought to let the Holy Ghost break us You've never prayed like you pray if you're a broken man. You're so desperate. A lady, you may be so desperate in the situation of a marriage. And you cry over the salvation of your marriage. And that's okay. But there come a point in time when the Holy Ghost touches you. And he says, you really need to be more married to me. She. Wow. People come and go. Emotions come and go. Attitudes come and go. But Jesus stays. I, I want on this business of. Wow. I'm always conscientious about. Preaching too long. <laughs> uh, you didn't have a second, so I guess they are too. You know, let me tell you this. Please, I want you to get this. I'm going to yell at them. I just want you to get it. If Mary would just have presented this If Mary would have just presented this to Jesus, it would have just been an offering. Wow. Just an offering. But if Mary would have opened the crib and poured it on Jesus, it would have been worship.
you, you know what? Oh, God, I'm, I'm, I'm getting therapy from you today. <laughs> I need therapy because recently my wife asked me, what kind of counselor do you want? Do you want a, a female or a male? I'm thinking, who asked you that I need a counselor? I counsel. I know everything. I counsel. I only said it, honey, because I need therapy. You know that. You know that. My joy, I want to say this genuinely. I don't know of a person in this room that I don't love. I don't know of a person in this ministry that I don't love. That you love me back is very significant to me, but it's not necessary for me to love you. What is necessary for all of us is to fall in love with Jesus again. 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 Fall in love with Jesus again. And so, so I hasten to, to give you put, put point B, if you will, from uh, Roman numeral number three. For us to show up at a house or the house of the Lord like you have today, to show up, I have, it's, it's not worship. We must be broken and spilled out for it to be worship. Amen. Uh, give me the next, the next major thought and see if I can. If we give all that we possess to Christ, it's still less than he deserves. Amen. Amen. Uh, has somebody ever done something to you, taken you somewhere, ministered to you? Has somebody ever blessed you so richly uh, and, until you just don't have the capacity to return a blessing to them? Because you know what they did for you was so uh, meaningful and appreciative on your part that you just want to show an equal expression of love. And Jesus doesn't say you have to give me equal. Can I get an amen? Because who can pay for the love of Jesus? You don't have to give me equal, but respond somehow with gratitude. Gratitude. Thank you to somebody else. Thank, serve in the ministry. Can I get an amen? Do, do something that builds your, the comfort. If God can't trust us with what we already have, he won't be given anymore. You know, that's why it's so important for you to bring your tithe and offering into the house of the Lord. Because your tithe and offering is an expression of gratitude to the Lord. It's an expression of broken gratitude because sometimes, we, many times, you don't have a large amount of money that you want to give. So you say, well, I'm not going to give anything. You've done the wrong thing by that. You've got to sow seeds in order to get a harvest. Can I get an amen? amen. And, and the fact of the matter is, don't you go into this holiday season or next year without giving God his due. You may not have everything to give God or Jesus, but he deserves more than a zero. See, if I, if I leave here this morning without my toes being stepped on, I've probably just wasted my time. Because the word of God is supposed to make you better, not bitter. Uh, let, let, let me, uh, 
You see, other people have come to the Lord's feet to have their needs met. She came to give him his due. Um, so, my brother, Kevin, would you please come, sir? You know, this wasn't in my notes this week. But it's in my spirit today. I believe the Holy Ghost is saying to us, get you a box and break it. There's some people over whom you need to break a box because things hadn't been good between you and them in a while. You need to break a box. Breaking a box means an email or a text or to lunch or to breakfast. I have done this and because you're human, I will assume you've done it too. I have criticized people in their absence and gone on about what they've done and what they've said when I should have broken a box and prayed for them. Somebody borrowed you some money from, from you. It's been months now. You've seen them every Sunday on the job but they hadn't reached out and says here's 20 towards the balance if brother Eddie I get bitter about that $100 alone I'm the one held in hostage not them I want to suggest to us today that we search our hearts if you hadn't spoken to your mom in years, that's wrong. I said it's wrong. And pastor, I can't say amen to that because you don't know what my mama did to me. You're right. I don't know. Good or bad, we only got one mama. And Steve, I don't want to miss heaven for a bad attitude. I need to get me a box. Yes. Oh, Forgive and it shall be forgiven you. I don't think I need to say to you, your son or your daughter has put your family through hell. Every time you bail them out, they go back. They've stole from your purse. They've stole from your... Your dresser, they've stole from your car. They have shut up and you had to go bail them out of jail and bail them out of a ditch. And every time you try to get them out, they go deeper. And the next time. God, I'm going to break this box, God. And if you'll give me the grace, I'm going to love them anyhow. I may not be able to change them, but nobody can stop me from loving them. I, I got to break a box. Some of you, and I, I'm not calling you out. Oh, my Lord. Today, you're not paying me to preach. You never have paid me to preach. 
And I'm not trying to be cocky, but I'm going to tell you something. There's some things that money can't buy. Have you, have you heard in recent past so much stuff about sexual harassment on every level? Somebody's daughter. Somebody's granddaughter. Some innocent teenage girl. One girl that came out this week who is on a team, the gymnastic team for the United States. Anybody saw that? She couldn't stop the tears. Her physician, her doctor who was the team doctor, repeatedly under the guise of a physical exam. Somebody needs to break a box. I mean by that kind of situation, not to pour oil on their head, I mean pray for them. Pray for the victim and pray for the one who committed the act. Let me tell you this, you may not like this, but I ain't taking the vote. If he did it, let the legal system run its course. No exception. I have seen, it has been my privilege in these years. You may not, don't take this wrong. To see people at their dead level worse. of what somebody else said or done. Wives that found out their husband was an adulterer. She's taking care of the kids and the children. I'm not here to slam the adulterer. If he repents, God will save him. But the wife needs more healing than the adulterer. Everybody say break a box. Break a box. Why don't we stand? Anybody feel the presence of forgiveness here this morning? Anybody feel the presence of healing and wholeness? If you do, and I won't force you, but you know we said an act of gratitude is worship. Lift your hands now. Raise your voice and say, thank you, God, I'm healed. Thank you, God, I'm healed. I was a victim. I, I, I was abused. I was, I, I, folks told lies about me. God, I was abandoned by my parents or my, or my husband or, or I lost my job because of somebody else's fault. But I, I'll forgive them. I'll break a box, Lord. Hey, brothers and sisters, can we just be real? Uh, can we just be, I, I, I'm not going to put no microphone to your mouth. But can we just come break a box with me? If, if any of this stuff resonated with you, would you come? I, I, need, I, I need for that fragrance of forgiveness to be on my body. Come on.
Just, just come on, come on, don't be afraid. Come on all the way to the front. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to make you wish you hadn't come. Come on, now, there's a bunch of us. Yeah. Don't leave if you, if, you know, if you can tarry with us. We need everybody praying. Come on, sing, sing, sing one time and then I'll. Come on, come on, you are. It's free, it's free, it's free. I got to break a box, Jesus. Where it's all about you. It's all about hey, keep coming, keep coming. God invites you. God invites you. Come, prayer group, prayer leaders, elders, staff. Body, raise your hands in the house. Sing this song. That's good. It's all about you. Jesus. Sing it again. I'm sorry, Lord. Still open. The altar's still open. Still open. It's all about you. It's all about I'm coming back. I'm coming back to the heart of worship. Where it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry. It's all about you, it's all about you, Jesus. As you tarry with us in the house because you want to be an encourager, those of you in the, in the altar, look at me just a moment. You may have to look at the screen to see. I didn't ask you to come up here to make you a spectacle. I didn't ask you to come up here to give you a feel-good moment. I ask you to come up here because Jesus loves you and he's going to pour his oil on you and he's going to put a song in your heart and praise on your lips and dancing in your feet. I wish somebody say that. Pastor Allen's not going to do it. Jesus, in a matter of moments, is going to, in a matter of moments. So what I want you to do today and in the house in a moment, you may just need to take your foot lightly and stomp the devil on his head. You don't have to jump up, but if you just figuratively and simply, devil, you are under my feet and not over my head. I'm going to pray for you. Help us, church. Reach your hands in this direction of the altar. And those in the altar, reach your hands up. I want, the ch I want you, church, to help me pray. Please, not a whisper but pray a little louder, more louder than you've ever prayed as far as your personal prayer because I want us to drown out the voice of the devil. Lord Jesus, I come to you today. We need oil. We need oil from our head to our feet. We need the oil of peace. Come on, help me pray. We need the oil of joy. We need the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Amen, church. Oh, God, you said old things are passed away and all things have become new. Say amen to that. There is therefore now no condemnation. Receive this. To you in the altar, there is no condemnation because you're in Christ Jesus. Whatever somebody has said to me, whatever somebody has done to me, whatever, whatever way they've hurt me, God, I forget those things that are behind 
and I press on to the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Wash me in your blood. If I need to ask forgiveness, let me do it. And God, if the person who offended me does never ask forgiveness, I'm going on, God. I'm going on anyhow, Lord Jesus. I'm going to let it go. Somebody say amen. I am not going to be a hostage. I'm not going to be in burden. I'm not going to be a doormat. I'm not going to listen to the lies of the devil. I'm a child of the king. I belong to Jesus. And if God be for me, who can be against me? Oh, give him a little bit of praise with your hands. Oh, hold on now. I know what time it is. Now, here's what I want you to do in the altar. If you want to do it out there, I wish you would. I want you to put your hand on the shoulder of the person beside you because they are no longer your fellow sufferer. We finished suffering. Because if you got the victory, you can give some of it to him. If you got the victory, vice versa, you, you can do it. How many know it's better to walk in twos and threes than to walk alone? Have you got your hands on Everybody repeat this prayer after me on the count of three. One, two, three. Jesus, I have received your powerful word. Jesus, you did not put that story in the Bible three times to fill a book. You put it there to heal me, to encourage me, to move me forward. And today, even right now, I leave all my cares. I leave all my fears. I leave all my doubts. I leave all the critics and the liars and the thieves behind me. And I embrace you and my brother and sister. And together, we will make it home. In Jesus' name, amen. Now clap and praise him one more time. Yeah, come on. Clap and praise him. Go your way.